Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. And my guest today, repeat guest, is Adam Kirk with Ustas. Adam, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Henry. It's great to be here. Yeah, we were just counting it up uh, before we started recording, and I think this is your fifth appearance on the show. Uh, so you, I am pretty sure, other than my co-host David Begin, are the most uh, frequent guest on the show. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm super yeah. excited. And just to put it on the record, I did hear something about a getting a special jacket at the end of this. Like yeah, well, live, that's kind of the idea. But but what if we just do like a little patch or something or a pin or something? Love like that? it. <laughs> Regardless, something you I'm can put on your lapel. Here. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Well, the, the reason Adam has been on the show so many times is, uh, well, we we had the pleasure of meeting each other several years ago. And um, we've helped each other in business. And he is one of my trusted partners. Adam is at Ustas. Ustas does everything websites, SEO, which is what we're going to talk about on this episode, as well as other digital online marketing. And he does it with a high integrity and at a price point and plans that make sense for small business owners. And so that's when he and I have been uh, trusted partners for a number of years now. He is who I recommend. First and foremost, if you're looking for a new website or as we're going to talk about SEO. And so what he's put together, we've covered this topic before, but it's so important and it's so critical. And it's it's it moves, it's a moving target, as I say, and that's what makes it particularly challenging for us as, as business owners. And we are going to talk about this from the business owner's perspective. So not technical, you, this is not about the the technical side of things. That's where you need to get help. We're going to talk about from a business owner's perspective, five SEO tips for small business owners. And SEO again means what? It's an acronym for what, Adam? Search engine optimization. So basically optimizing your website and everything involved in that uh, so that you can get organic results on search engines. And that's the key. If your business needs to be found online for whatever different combination of reasons, could just be for informational purposes, could be because you're conducting e-commerce, and of course, it's highly critical. But if you're if you're dependent on being found online, and I would venture that 99% of businesses do, there are some exceptions, but most businesses need to be found online, then this is critical. This is how uh, Google, which is the predominant, you know, 800 pound gorilla of online search. And it's important to understand the rules that we need to play by so that we get found online, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said it, and we're going to dive into a lot of very practical things. Like Henry said, we're not going to really get too technical at all. I've got a lot of action points, a lot of links for people to check out that Henry will put in the show notes page after this. Um, just to put a quick disclaimer out there, SEO in a competitive market, it does require tools and experience that the average small business owner doesn't have. But as we're going to find today, there are quite a few free tools and resources out there that if you put a little bit of time and a little bit of effort into you into it, you can actually get good results for your small business website. <clears throat> and that's what we're going to look at today. Absolutely. And, and a key point there that you made, uh, is the time part of it, Adam? I think that that is one of that's one of my biggest frustrations when I am bombarded with uh, proposals to get me on the first page, or I see advertisements, or I talk to clients who have spent money doing this. This is a, a big area of confusion for small business owners, and I see people misspending their money and their budgets and being misled on what can be done here. The reality is, is this is something that takes time and uh, a, a dedicated effort to get found online. Google has been at this for a long time. So you're not gonna very likely trick them into finding you for the wrong reasons or forcing it. It takes some time for these things to pay off, right? Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> and even we're gonna look at some things today that. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Henry, Google is constantly changing things. They just came out with new uh, requirements and things like that just a few months ago. We're just going to touch on some of those. 
Um, but as we start to look at things today, like Henry said, we've got five tips that we're going to look at here. We're going to start off the first one or two are super simple. You've probably heard of those before, but they are still so critical that it's worth reminding everyone out there. Um, and so as we go through these five steps, again, we're going to start pretty simple. We're going to get into not complicated. We're not getting technical, but a little bit more on the difficult, a little bit more time consuming, possibly. Uh, for some of the later things. But again, a lot of good practical links we're going to share and actionable tips that if you do it, you put a little investment in it. Uh, a lot of these are free, just time investment. You can definitely see some good results and help your business be found more online for sure. Excellent. And before we get in it, I'll give you more details at the end, but Adam has a special offer for our listeners related to SEO. So just briefly tell me about that. And then we'll talk in more detail about it later. But what is the offer for our listeners for your SEO yeah. services? So for any listener coming from the How of Business, we're offering up to $250 off. Uh, again, we'll say more down the road, but we're, we're a full service digital marketing company for small businesses. So websites, search engine optimization, social media marketing, Google ads, up to $250 off any of those services to help you guys get started. And, and usually, I mean, you'll ask people how they found out, but usually they, they just have to say they heard Adam on the How a Business and that'll get them that discount. Right? Yep. We always ask everybody. And if you say you came from the How a Business, we know what to give you. Absolutely. Excellent. We'll get more into that. Let's get into that to this, these five tips. And the first one is be mobile friendly. As you said, I've heard this for a long time. And yet it's amazing how many websites I come to that are not mobile friendly. So let's start with what is mobile friendly? That's a great question. So I'm actually going to deviate off of that a little bit. Mobile friendly is a term that we've all heard before. Mobile friendly basically means that your website, that you're going to see the same thing that you would on a desktop screen on a mobile screen. That's mobile friendly. What we're actually encouraging people to do is have a website that's called a responsive website. You think it might be the same thing, but it's actually a little bit different. Again, mobile friendly is just, you got the same content on desktop and mobile. Responsive means you're experiencing content differently on your mobile device. So basically mobile friendly is step one. You gotta have that. But when you have a mobile friendly website, you need to make it responsive so that it's maybe laid out a little bit different on the mobile phone, that, that a user can experience it cleanly when they're interacting with your website on a mobile phone. So yes, mobile friendly, but take it the next step and go responsive website. That's critical. Um, so yeah, we, uh, stat wise, we see that basically all half of all website traffic these days is on a mobile device. And that is constantly growing. It's probably upwards of the 60% of all traffic online is on mobile devices now. So to put it bluntly, if your website is not mobile friendly or not responsive, you are losing business for sure. Absolutely. This is such a big item. And I'm glad you you went that next step of the responsive website. It, being mobile friendly was acceptable a couple of years ago. We've got to make sure that our websites are responsive. Again, don't get too hung up on the technical term. If that's confusing to you, then you need to talk to your technology person or whoever you outsource this to or call Adam and he'll help you. But the key is that it's not, it's no longer acceptable to users. And that's really where this comes to. It's not, it's not that Google saying, oh, we don't like that. It's that they know that if the experience is bad on mobile, people will go elsewhere. Therefore, you're not getting what you're trying to get from your website. Yeah. So yeah. it used to be that if the if the my website shrunk down to fit on a mobile screen, that that was good enough. But that is long since not acceptable long anymore. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the things I look for that tell me non technically, Adam, and tell me what else, or if you if you have something to add. But what I one of the ways that I know a website and like when I look at mine is when I look at it at my desktop. It, it typically might have a menu across the top, you know, home and about us yeah. and contact us. But when I look at it on my cell phone, if it really is responsive, that menu goes away. And there's a little, I think people refer to it as the hamburger menu, the three little yep. lines. Yeah. And that tells me that my website has adjusted because websites can read what type of device the user is accessing it on and adjusting it so that the interaction the interface makes sense and I'm not trying to search for little buttons or little links on the phone, right? 
Yes, absolutely. Another big thing, uh, and this goes more towards the response of like providing a good experience when people are on your website on mobile is like when we design a website um, on a desktop, say you'll have like three pictures and they'll be side by side on a, on a uh, phone. You don't want to have three pictures side by side. You have to have them on top of each other because people on the phone, people are used to scrolling. So that's another layout to say, we're going to change the experience on a mobile phone. We're not going to put things side by side. We're going to put things on top of each other. Um, so an action point in all of this is check with your current website platform. If, if your website platform that you use right now does not have an ability to have a mobile friendly or a responsive website, please go to another platform. Um, but every, every, every big name website platform out there is going to have the ability for you to have a mobile friendly and responsive website. Uh, if, it, if there's any cost involved, like if you don't have that kind of website right now and there's cost for you to upgrade it, that cost is by far worth it. Because like I said before, if you don't have a mobile friendly website, people are going there, they're bouncing off right away. You're losing business. So the cost to make it, that would be exceptionally worth it. Absolutely. And that's the key thing. We, we are putting all this effort into being found online. And the worst thing that can happen is people find us, but then the experience is so bad, it's not usable that they will go elsewhere. It's as simple as that. Yeah. All right. So related Second, to that, yeah, go ahead. There's another point you wanted to make on, on responsiveness, right? Yeah. And it kind of ties to responsiveness, but it's also just a common thing that we hear from small business owners when they first launch their website. They're like, Google doesn't even know I exist yet. Like, how do I tell Google about my website? It takes time. Uh, for Google to crawl the internet, to find your website. But a thing that you can do, it's totally free, is to register your business with what's called Google Search Console. Henry can put this uh, link in the uh, show notes page, but if you go to simply search.google.com, that's where you can register your business, register your website with Google Search Console. Uh, it's not a complicated, I mean, it can be complicated if you want it to be complicated, but the simple version is you can go there register your website. Doesn't take long at all. That part is super simple. Um, search console is a great diagnostic tool. Uh, if you, if you have the time and you want to get into it more, there's a lot of things you can get into that. Uh, but the simplest version is just registering your business and saying, Hey, Google, my website exists here. Please, <clears throat> please notice it. Please, uh, index it and go from there. Again, if you want to have more time, you can do all kinds of things like uh, discover where people are coming from your website. Like what are, how are they finding you? How many people are finding you? Things like that. Um, and there's also, uh, you can track what's called web core vitals kind of technical. We're going to touch on that very briefly at the end of this podcast, but go to search.google.com and register your website there to help Google notice you. Of course, if you're if you're having somebody build your website, they should know about this. If you're having Adam help you, he'll he'll do that, help you do that Absolutely. for you so that you don't have to worry too much about that. Yeah. But it is a critical thing to at least make sure that that's taken care of. You were you were beginning to share a story about a, a client who who's successful yeah. in many other ways, but their website is not mobile friendly at all, is it? Yeah. There's a friend of mine who has a very successful business uh, in insurance. And he, he spends, his business is very successful. He spends thousands a month on marketing. He even does billboards all over the place. Um, and I had contacted him a probably a year or two ago about doing a website. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got to do that sometime. He has a website right now. It is not even mobile friendly. Like if you look at it on your phone, you got to do the like scroll in scroll out to be able to read it. Mm -hmm. It's not secure with an SSL certificate. So the time you go there, it's bounces up with this thing. It's like, Hey, this site is not secure. Do you want to proceed? Statistics show like 90% of people are bail right after that. Um, but he's got such a successful business, but his website is, is, is killing him is killing his business. So it's still out there. That's why we still mention it in podcasts like this to have a secure website, to have a mobile friendly website. Cause if you're not, you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. All right. So we'll ramp up on number one, which is mobile friendly, but more importantly now responsive if your if your website is not and again we've given you tips on how to very quickly identify you probably know but in case you hadn't even thought about this you now have some tips on how to quickly figure out if it is or isn't and if it's not and this episode comes out here at the end of the year it's time to at least budget and plan for getting that fixed maybe you need a new website maybe you just need to revamp whatever it might take it's like as adam said 
it is well worth the investment in your website to continue to have it be that tool that helps you get found and that people can can use and take action on an, on on the internet. So it's critical. All right, let's move on Absolutely. to number two, which is one we've talked about as well, but has become even more important since you and I last chatted. And anybody who's kind of paying attention to what happens when we search online on Google, specifically <laughs> this thing that used to be called Google My Business now is called Google Business Profile. So introduce what that is, Google Business Profile. Yep, exactly. You just said it. It used to be called Google My Business. That was basically a way that you could register your business with Google. Uh, you could have your contact information, pictures, your hours, all that kind of stuff. When someone would go to Google and type in your business name, you would have a little profile that would show up on the side with, again, your pictures, contact information, all that kind of stuff. Um, in November of last year, November 2021, uh, Google renamed that to Google Business Profile. Same, pretty much the same features. Uh, but again, that is a critical part of uh, having yourself be found online, um, especially with Google. Obviously, like Henry said in the beginning of this podcast, Google dominates as the 800-pound gorilla. They dominate search results. Uh, but not having a business profile out there is, again, seriously hindering your business growth online. And interesting fact, we have noticed uh, it's still a little bit in the gray area. We're not finding hard data on this, but we've noticed that Google has started to automatically generate profiles for certain businesses out there uh, without the business even acknowledging it or being a part of that. So it would be our recommendation to any business owner out there, Google your own business uh, and see if a profile comes up, see if your name and contact information and hours are present there. If so, and you haven't registered or, or claimed that business profile, make sure that you claim it so that you can manage that and put all your information in there. Um, sometimes we've even seen that people have been able to leave reviews on unclaimed business profiles. Uh, so again, if you have a business profile out there and you're not aware of it, make sure that you claim it. The action point for that and a strong recommendation for everybody would be to go to google.com slash business. And that is where you can register your business with Google. Um, and I'll let Henry jump in here, but I've got a few action points here of like how to practically go through uh, claiming and registering and like putting all your business information into that profile account. Yeah, I mean, a lot of tips here that, that uh, Adam is going to share, but I just want to reiterate a couple of things that... Uh, so first of all, this is free, but absolutely, we, we chatted about this last time. There's no doubt, and there, you can get frustrated with this, and I get frustrated as well with it. But essentially, what's happening here, my interpretation of it, Adam, as a business owner, is Google is with this, and it's evolving. Obviously, keeping I don't, I don't know if it's purposeful or not. Whatever, they're keeping the end user from having to go to my website. So in other words, people, and, and I'm sure they're doing it to facilitate search and the ease of use and helping people find what they're looking for, like my contact yeah. info or my reviews or my menu, if that's the case. Um, what, I, what do I offer? Those kind of things very quickly in a standard format. In doing so, it's keeping people from having to navigate to my website, right? So I got to make sure that this Google profile is representing me correctly uh, because it's going to, whether I like it or not, is the point, right? Uh, exactly. When I search on Google and my business comes up, that's what's going to get displayed first is that profile uh, more likely than not, not just the link to my website, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you said it well, Henry, earlier, Google has a mission and their mission is to provide relevant search results. So when you go to Google and type in something, they've done their job well when they answer your question. Um, so yes, uh, they are making it so that business profiles are providing that kind of information. So someone doesn't necessarily have to go to your website. That's why it's so important. So, so important for business owners to get into that profile, claim it, and then put all their information in there. Um, so I'm going to go through a few quick things here. Yeah, before you do, yeah. is it is it true? My understanding is, and my experience is that it only applies if you've got a physical location. Is that true? No, not at all. Um, there's a lot of online businesses out there that uh, we highly recommend that they also have a business profile. 
Um, you don't have to put, it works best when you have a street address in a city state. Um, if you don't have that, if you work from home, uh, it works best if you hide, you don't have to show your street address, but okay. just to have a city and state. But I still have to, do I still have to give them an address to send that verification card to, or how does that part work when I, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. But then you can go back in later and hide the city and state. hide it. Or, okay. Sorry, hide All right. That was address. a misunderstanding that I had. I, uh, because of that, I was assuming that it was only for physical locations, but that's not true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Good to know. All right. Let's get into, so when you get in there, well, these are just some high level tips on what key things to look for. There's a lot to this folks, but don't let it, don't let it uh, overwhelm you. Here's the first thing. If you've never heard of this, well, your action item, as, as Adam said, is to go to google.com slash business. Or I think also if I search for my business and it comes up, I can, there's a link to claim it there. Is there correct. not? Yeah. Yes, that's so correct. Take those steps to claim that. Like you said, often there probably is already a shell or a basic profile that Google has created for me. I need to take ownership of that so that I can enhance it to get the most out of it. Yep. And getting and the Google most out of it include, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say Google is good at what they do. So if you're brand new to claiming your profile and you kind of sign up, they will walk you through the process of, okay, tell us your business name, add your website here, things like that. So it's a, it's a straightforward process. As you're doing it, just keep these few things in mind. There's going to be a place for you to add your business category. Make sure you choose the best category because that kind of helps Google put you in the right box. Right. Um, there's also an option for having a subcategory. If you have a relevant subcategory, make sure you put that in there as well. Um, other things include all of your contact details. Make sure you put a business email, uh, phone number, make sure your hours are current. Uh, another thing that a lot of people forget to do is pictures. Um, Google, you can even upload video, but especially pictures, especially your logo. Uh, you got to have your logo in there. It's branding. Uh, if you have pictures of jobs that you've done or of your office location or team photos, things like that, anything that makes your business come off as more personable, relatable, add lots of pictures. Um, so that's huge. Um, another thing that you can do when you have this all set up is ask for reviews because that is a ranking factor. And what does that mean? When Google, uh, say you're a local plumber uh, and, and someone in your city goes to look for plumbing, Google looks at over 200 different things when they decide which plumber to put up at the top of the website. Those plumbers that have Google reviews and five-star Google reviews, those get pumped up to the top. So it is having good Google reviews is a big thing that Google does look at. A few tips on that is just uh, when you get into the profile, there's a button there that says, ask for reviews, click on that. It'll give you a unique URL link. We always tell everybody, use that link. Like it's the next best thing, like email mm -hmm. it to your customers. Uh, create a QR code, uh, email it to them, put it on a postcard, send it out to customers, hand it out, put it on your business card. Like just ask people for reviews because if you don't ask, you don't get them. Agreed. You know, we've, we've actually used it and there's ability to just share it directly to like your Facebook page, for example, if you have mm -hmm. one. So yeah, take advantage of that. You have to ask people for reviews. Yep. We have a, a client who we've done SEO for, for a number of years, search engine optimization. And part of uh, the software that we use uh, gives them a software that they can email or text their customers a link to leave a review. Super simple, very automated system. They've been using it for a year or two now. And within a very short amount of time, they have over 100 five-star Google reviews. That's huge. And that is huge. And that has enabled them to be rank very high on some very competitive keywords in their area. Um, so again, it, it works. Like if you ask for it and you, and if you're legit business and you do good work, you're going to get high reviews. Just ask, 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 and get those reviews. Another thing tied to reviews is sometimes um, people forget to respond to reviews. So anytime you get a, a review, whether it be positive or negative, make sure that you get in there and respond to those reviews. Responding to a positive review gives you the ability to thank a customer. Responding tactfully to a negative review gives you the opportunity to uh, help uh, show other people how you handle dissatisfied customers. Uh, and it's just a polite thing to do, shows people how you handle criticism, things like that. Speaking of reviews, another tip I want to get your thoughts on, see if you've heard the same thing, is that in the reply, 
if possible, and make it uh, as a natural form of the reply to include keywords in there. Uh, have you heard about that technique and whether that really is effective or not? Yeah, jury's still out on that one. <laughs> I would tend to say that it probably doesn't matter all that much. Um, Google is looking for high level stuff uh, when they're talking about keywords, more the back end of your website. Um, I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter because I'm not necessarily an expert on that uh, side of it. I've heard it before and I've heard both ways. I would tend to lean that it probably doesn't really matter all that much. How much does um, it matter as far as you've heard that you reply? That is critical because I know that Google does look at that. Google Google will tell you that it looks at that. Okay. Um, because they yeah. want to see that interaction. They want to see that responsiveness yes. to the customer. Yep. Correct. This is Henry Lopez with a brief break from this episode to share a special offer from our show sponsor, Double. Do you ever feel like there aren't enough hours in the day to accomplish everything you need to get done? I know I do. I received some great advice on this early in my business ownership journey, and that is to delegate as soon as possible to become more efficient and grow your small business. Are you at a point in your business where you're contemplating hiring an assistant? Perhaps you're worried about not needing someone full-time yet and having a tough time finding a part-time virtual assistant that isn't overseas? That's where Double comes in. Double helps business owners by matching them with a personal assistant and providing the necessary tools to efficiently delegate administrative tasks, allowing you to focus on what you do best, running your company. Accepting only 0.5% of applicants, Double's comprehensive vetting process ensures that your personal assistant knows what they're doing and can help you save at least 10 hours in just the first month alone. Go to withdouble.com today and get 50% off your first month when you sign up with Double using the code HOWBUS22. That's withdouble.com using the code HOWBUS22 and unlock 50% of your first month. And most importantly, get time back so you can focus on what matters most to you and your business. Another point back on, I've got three more things on the Google business profile stuff. Uh, post like it's social media. People often forget that Google is, it's not a social media profile but there kind of is that aspect of it. Like you can create posts mm -hmm. on Google business profile and best case is you treat it like it's a social media profile. Go on there once right. a week, twice a week, post uh, things like you would on social media, like news, promotions, staff bios, events, um, pictures of a staff party that you had or whatever, things like that. Just if you post it on Facebook, post it on Google business profile. Same thing. Agreed. Agreed. I think this, whether you're doing this internally or you've outsourced this, it needs to become another one of those platforms, like you said, that is on the calendar. That's part of the process. When you post here, you also post there. It's yep. got to, you have to treat it that way. Totally. Totally. Um, and then uh, also thing, it's, it's not a one and done again, you can set up an alert. I know we have alerts on ours. So when you get a review, we respond as quickly as possible, but it is not a set it up once and then forget it type of thing. You have to stay on it just like you would another social media platform, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing we'll look at would be adding a map to your website. Um, if you are a local service-based business or you have a geographical area that you're serving, copy the map from Google business profile and put it into the footer of your website. That just helps synchronize things. Um, make sure also that your contact information is the same mm -hmm. on your website and on your Google business profile, because believe it or not, Google does look at those things. If you register uh, your phone number with Google ending in one, two, three, four, but on your website, it says two, three, four, five, Google's going to say, Hey, wait a second. What's the discrepancy here? But what so, about um, on that? So I, I've heard about that obviously, but there are sometimes when on your website, you might have some kind of a call rail type of setup where the number rotates. Does, does that potentially cause an issue then with Google? It, yeah. Yeah, okay. it could for sure. Okay. Again, okay. that's like, they're looking for those discrepancies. They're looking for, am I misleading someone? Am I bait and switching? Am yeah. I promoting something and then giving them something else? Right. Yeah, exactly. Best case scenario on your website, you should have a either somewhere up in the top or on the bottom of every page or on your contact us page, you should have 
here's our business phone number. Here's our address. Here's mm-hmm. our hours. Here's our email. And that, that should phone match number. my profile. Yeah. Exactly. Has to, has yes. to match the profile. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Great idea about the map. I hadn't thought about that. Also, you know, what, what we see is a lot of people on one of our businesses, we do that. And so many people use it for directions. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so Google, I'm sure likes that as well. If it's a, if people are constantly going there to get directions and they're satisfied with that, in other words, they're happy with the directions they get, that's good for my listing. I got a thing. In other words, it served the the customer, served the, the person searching, right? Yep, exactly. And that's critical to help you be found. Uh, uh, last thing I want to mention on that, and it ties to your contact information. Another big thing that people often tend to forget is to register your business, like we're talking now about registering your business with Google. It's the big 800 pound gorilla out there, but there's also so many other, what we would call online directory or business directories out there like Bing, Yahoo, Apple maps, and hundreds of other ones out there, especially, especially if you're a new business, but also if you've been established for a while and you haven't done this yet, register your business with all of those online directories. We're going to put a link in the show notes page. There's an article from business.com with a, a link to say, hey, if you want to do it yourself, here's 50 free websites where you can list your business's contact information. Again, it helps you get out there. It also, nine times out of 10, it will those websites that you register on will provide a link back to your website, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not the do-it-yourselfer, you can go to what's called brightlocal.com. This is a paid service. I think it's like $29 a month or something like that, but they do it for you. So- We'll have two options in the show notes page. One, if you're like, hey, somebody please do this for me, go to Bright Local, 29 bucks a month. If you want to do it yourself, there's a link there for you to do it yourself. But either way, get your business's contact information out on those online directories. This is also something you can do for your clients as well, right? You can yeah, help this is, get this set up. Yeah, this is a standard part of what we do for some of our higher end website packages. We automatically include that. And in any SEO package, that's standard stuff that you have to have that in an SEO package for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to number three, which is to implement local keywords. I think most of us know what a keyword is, but give me an example of what is a local keyword. What what might that look like? That's a great question. <clears throat> so we're going to, I'm going to, uh, before I answer the local question, like, a keyword, I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit of what a keyword is. Anytime we talk to a new SEO client with us, we always ask them the question, put yourself in your customer's shoes. What do you envision them going to Google and typing in in order to find your business? That thought process right there is the beginning of what's called keyword research. Like thinking about, like most small business owners, they think it's about what I want to be found for but it's so keyword research and online marketing is so much beyond what we want to be found for. Well, and that's what it's makes it so about, hard. I think Adam, because yeah. again, there is usually a disconnect there as to how I think people might search for me and how people are actually searching to find me. Yeah. Yep. It, th- but that's, that's the critical part there. It's, it's so much more about what others oh, are absolutely, already yeah. searching for. Yeah. So again, disclaimer here, like keyword research, done for a competitive market. When we do this, we spend hours on this and we use some high-end software, but there are free tools. And I will mention those in just a second. If you want to dip your toes in the water and you want to do it yourself, there's stuff out there that can get you uh, started. But um, research keyword research, to put it in the nutshell, is the art of finding words or phrases that represent your business, but that are also frequently being searched for online and aren't too competitive. So when you do keyword research, you got to make sure like, are people actually looking for this? And if they are, is are people looking for it too much that it's like really competitive and as a new business, I'm never going to be able to weasel my way in there. So you want to find something that's searched for, but also lower on the competitive side. Um, so an example so, might be, you know, the word plumber is yep. a pretty common keyword. So I yeah. might, as an example, get more specific and be emergency plumber or, um, you know, res- commercial emergency plumber. The more specific, the better, right? Exactly. The more specific, the better, mostly. And also, we're going to talk about this in a second, but having geographically right. tagged Right. So that's the, the local component now that comes yep. into play. Yeah. Yeah. So 
we'll talk about that in just one second. I wanted to give these free yep. uh, links out and you can put these in the show notes page, Henry, like wordstream.com slash keywords is one and answerthepublic.com is another one. Those are both free tools out there. You can basically go there, type in, again, if you're the local plumber, you can type in plumber and you'll see like, um, you'll see what comes up. It'll say plumber or it'll say emergency plumbing services or broken pipe, or it'll give you a few different options. And it will tell you like, these are great things that you could possibly be found for. And it'll tell you, are people actually searching for this on a monthly basis? There's 30 people searching for this phrase, or it's very competitive. Don't try it. Or, Hey, you've got a good chance with this one. So those are the free tools that you can use to kind of show, to kind of take what you think and branch out a little bit more. All right. So let's wrap it up on number three, which is local keywords. Explain to me briefly again, the local component, give me an example. Yes. So for let's, let's say pest control, pest control in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If you just type in pest control, that's a very broad term. You're probably never going to rank for it because there's huge corporations out there who dominate pest control. So if you type in your geographically tagged keyword, pest control in Lancaster or lawn care in Kansas city or garage doors in Tallahassee, Florida, like this, the more you narrow it down to your geographical location, the more specific you can be and the better chance you have of ranking. Now it has to, that oh, Google also looks for, does it not that I, that that is true. In other words, I'm not just trying to be found in Tallahassee and I'm actually in Atlanta, right? So um, how, how does Google look for that to make sure I'm not trying to get found for something that I really can't serve? Yeah. Google is smart. That's where, again, it ties back to your website in the footer and on the contact us page, you should have your address there. Right. So Google is going to say, if you're trying to reach out to a lawn care in Kansas city, but you're located in Maine, uh, yeah. like, come on now. Something's <laughs> going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's so, an extreme example, but I think people can understand that you, you, it, yep. it has to be in sync. Again, Google is looking for serving that search uh that person who's searching and giving them actionable results that, that satisfies what they're looking for, not in any way to be misled. All right, let's move on. And because of time to number four, which has been the rule, I think, uh, since day one, which is fresh, right? Fresh, relevant content. Yeah. What does that mean though, in a nutshell? So that has become more and more critical we always tell people the phrase educate or entertain people will come back to you more if you help them learn something or if you help them laugh. So in all of the content that you do, whether it be social media posts or blogs or email campaigns or white papers or video or whatever, everything should be run through the filter of educating people or entertaining people. Um, Google came out with a new update in August of this year, August of 2022 called the helpful content update. And basically what it is, is Google is rewarding websites and rewarding businesses when they provide, like you said it so well, Henry, fresh and relevant content to their website visitors. Google can sniff out bad content, like nobody's business. If you're, if you're like just copy pasting from other stuff, or you're throwing together a horrible website and it's not edited and all that kind of stuff. Google knows that. And they're gonna they're gonna penalize that website, um, and it's already started to happen since this ran out uh, since this was released a few months ago. Um, so another thing to keep in mind when you are writing content on your website, uh, we want to take a look at the we'll touch on this briefly the difference between a blog and a landing page. Okay, um, blogs are great for providing tips and resources. A landing page is great for like a transactional thing. So what does that mean? If we'll stick with a landscaping company in Kansas city, like if someone is in Kansas city and they go to Google and they type in a landscaping company, Kansas city, they don't want to be pre presented with a blog about the 10 best landscaping practices. They want to find a local business, right? And they they want to take an through. action, call, schedule an exactly. appointment, find out pricing, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, and so Google, um, so how does Google make that happen and how, how does it look? How do I make sure that that's what I serve that search? What, what do I need to do there? 
Yeah. So this is where I said in the beginning, we're going to start easy and get a little bit more difficult. Yeah. This is getting into the little bit more difficult, but we'll keep it at a high level, keep sure. it practical. Um, so if you are a service-based business like that, you're the landscaper, you can do that keyword research and find those few specific things that you're like, Hey, I could be found for this. And then you do a landing page for each one of those things. I see. So for example, you're the, uh, you would want to optimize your homepage for a phrase like landscaping in Kansas city. And then if you did some of that keyword research and you said, Hey, lawn mowing is another good thing. I do that. It's got good search volume. I could do that. You create a new page. We'll call that a landing page that you have content on that about lawn mowing in Kansas city. And then you do another one. You're like, Hey, sprinkler systems. That's a big thing I do in the summertime. And yeah. So then you do a whole new page, another landing page for sprinkler systems in Kansas city or irrigation in Kansas city, things like that. So you do the keyword research. You find those things that this, this is relevant to me. I could be found for that. And then you write pages of content on your website geared about that. Um, there's a whole that does get, it can get really complicated really fast, but if you keep it simple, keyword research, write a page about it, keep the content on that page local, like put local pictures on it and, and things like that. It will definitely help you be found more for those specific things. Okay. And to wrap it up on, on this point of fresh and relevant content, you recommend to get help with the writing of it, because I think that's what holds back so many business owners is, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm not good at writing it. I'm busy. Yeah. Who's going to write, who's going to create this content, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, writing is not everybody's cup of tea. So we do recommend, like we have a full-time content writer on our team who does this for a living, but if you're out there doing it yourself, hire somebody on Fiverr or something like that. Like it's not that expensive, especially if you give someone some direction and say, Hey, I did a little bit of keyword research. I want to write a a landing page. I want some paragraphs about this topic. They'll run it for you. That'll be done well. Um, there's also all kinds of online tools out there to help you get started and stuff like that. But if content writing is not your thing, outsource it. All right. Speaking of getting help, number five tip is to get help with the hard, the hard parts, especially the technical parts. And there are technical parts that I wish there weren't, but there are, there's technical components to this. So just at a high level, Give me an overview of what are those, some of those things that, that are technical that I should probably get help with. Yeah. So we'll, we'll skim over this part, but we mentioned before that Google has something called core web vitals. Basically what that means is they're looking at how fast does your website load? Is it a fast website? How responsive is it when someone goes to your website and they click on something, does it sit there and spin for a few seconds and then pop up? Um, or we've all been on the websites where it loads and we go to click on something. And as soon as it clicks, like the things shuffle around on the page and then you accidentally clicked on the wrong thing because mm -hmm. things shifted. Google looks at all of those things. They look at, because all of those things are tied to a user's experience. Um, you want to have a smooth streamlined experience for website visitors. So that being said, like they're, they're again, SEO done well, can get very technical in nature. So that's where. Um, if there's things that get beyond you outsource it, but a free tip I did want to mention, um, is there's a free website out there. If you go to web.dev for developer web.dev, uh, that's a place where you can automatically test your website's speed. Uh, just go to the website, type in your website's URL or domain address and click it. And it'll give you a whole bunch of stuff. You can easily see, Hey, my website's pretty fast or wow, it's really slow. I need some help. Yeah. Um, that's a great resource there. And there's a lot of components that go into that, but sometimes I've found it, uh, some, a lot of times, Adam, is, is the size of images that, that can really slow down a website, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'll jump the gun here, but like when we design websites for companies, we do everything on what's called the Duda website platform um, because Duda is built for page speed and for SEO. Like when we build a website, it doesn't matter what size of image a client gives to us. We throw it in there and it's automatically optimized. I see. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of other technical terms we'll skip over for now, but like uh, a lot of that ties into the platform that your website is built on. Does it, does it optimize images? Does it do what's called lazy loading or do you have opportunity for all these other technical things? Um, it's super, super important. Yeah. And that's why when you build websites for your clients, you use the Duda, D-U-D-A 
platform that has a lot of these things native to it as it relates to SEO, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's so critical. So critical. Like we've we've done stuff on WordPress websites. Um, and yeah, we'll skip over that. But like there's so <laughs> many things that to, to keep a WordPress website update, there's constant updates and things like that. Duda doesn't have any of those. It just makes it a much more streamlined user process. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So let's summarize here the five SEO tips here for us as small business owners. One, be mobile friendly, but really beyond that, a responsive website. And again, we gave you some tips for how to test to see if yours is, if you're not sure. It's worth the investment to get it there. Number two, Google My Business Profile. It's separate from your website, but it's tied to your website. You need to take advantage of it. So if you didn't know what that was, that's got to be an action item is to take ownership of your profile on Google My Business and then give it what it needs so that it can work on your behalf and help you get found online. Number three is keywords, but specifically local keywords. There's a lot that goes into keywords as, as Adam gave you a quick overview on and tools. I'll have all of these links that Adam has mentioned on the show notes page for this episode at thehowabusiness.com. But that local component is important. Remember related to this and other points that Adam made about making sure that we've got that local information accurately on our website and that it matches what's on the Google business profile. Um, fresh and relevant content, that has been the key to, in my experience and everything I've learned about and you have taught me over the years, that's the key to it, right? That's what, what Google is trying to do again is to serve in a search result to you if you're the one searching relevant information, right? Not websites that are misleading or that are shallow and just trying to be clickbait. They're actually trying to navigate people to actually to websites that answer the question that that I am searching for or help me with what I am searching for. So that relevance is important. Don't let the fact that you don't have time or you're not good at writing don't let that hold you back. It's very easy and affordable to get help with that. And then number five is just about getting help, especially with the technical components of this. You need someone like Adam at Ustas who specializes on this. And, and tell us again about the special, the special offer for a How a Business listeners on your SEO service. Yep. So if you go to our website is ustas.com, it's O-O-S-T-A-S.com slash how for the how of business, you'll see there's up to $250 off of our website packages, or we also offer search engine optimization, social media marketing, uh, pay-per-click Google ads, things like that. Um, and great discount for the how of business listeners. People who maybe have not listened to the first episode you were on years ago now, where did the name Ustas come from? Tell us that again. <laughs> so my family and I lived overseas for a number of years in the nation of Turkey. And the word Ustas is a derivative of a Turkish word that means master craftsman. So as we were formulating the business years ago, uh, we're here to serve small businesses. Small businesses are the master of their craft. And so our mission is to serve small businesses and to help them become the master of their crafts. And we help them do that through online marketing services. I love that. Love that. Love that story. Excellent. What's one thing overarching these five tips for SEO? What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation, Adam? A lot of good stuff in here, but I would say one thing that has particularly intrigued me most recently, and I think there's a lot, a lot of value and potential out there is the whole concept of localized landing pages. So that's the whole thing of saying, okay, pest control in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, that's what we want to be found for. Um, and you write a page on your website talking about that and it's tagged with your city. Um, just a cool story. My brother-in-law runs a pottery studio here in Denver, Pennsylvania. Uh, and we've done search engine optimization for him for a while. And we, he's got great results and we're said, Hey, let's spread out a little bit. There's people coming to his studio from towns that are an hour away. They're driving an hour to get to his pottery studio. So we're like, Hey, let's do some landing pages for those specific towns. So we started doing that. We did uh, pottery studio in this town, pottery studio in this town. 
And within a matter of, I think it was like a little over a month, he told me, he's like, dude, I had four people this week come from that town uh, that we did that landing page for. And he's like, how did you find me though? Well, we found you on Google. I know you're not in that town, but we drove and we found you online. So it, it legit works. It takes a little bit to be done. Well, it takes a little bit of a time investment, but there's a lot of opportunity out there. Yeah. Great summary. And I think to that end, then what I would add as well as what I said earlier, this takes time. SEO takes time. Don't fall for the get to the top of the page gimmick scheme. There's a lot of that out there and you can throw your money away and it might even be successful for a short period of time. Although that's becoming less and less the case as Google gets really good at this. Um, they have been for a long time. So, so do it the right way. Invest in building a website that really does serve the people that are finding it whether that's because they're getting information or conducting commerce with you or whatever it might be, invest in it. It's critical. There's very few exceptions for businesses that don't need some level of a website, even if it's an informational website and it does represent you. It's that first impression, which is most critical. So go through what I would recommend is after you listen to this, if you've listened this far, that means this is, this is resonating with you. Go back and go through this checklist one at a time and see where you're at. Evaluate your website and where you're at and then get the help that you need either from your existing resources or reach out to Adam and get the help you need to, to make your website that much more effective. Getting found online that much more effective because it's not just a website as we talked about. It's also the Google business profile. Adam, another great conversation full of actionable tips. Thanks again for coming back on the show. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate it. I'll get working on that pin that I promised you here for the sixth appearance, I think this is, but thank you so much. This is Henry Lopez. Thanks for joining me for this episode of The How of Business. My guest again today was Adam Kirk with Ustas. I release episodes every Monday morning. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also at the website, which is where you'll find the show notes page and all of the links we mentioned. That's the howofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.